0: Welcome to another episode of Nostalgia and Now with Laguna Biatch. As always, it's your host, Kelly. I wanted to let you know that, yes, recaps are still going to be a part of this podcast. They're actually coming back today. I just wanted to take another week off from recaps, but not anymore. It's going to be on every episode, so don't you worry. Like I said, hopefully we'll get some more guests, and today we have Jeff Epstein, which is funny. I know a lot of you are probably like, who? Wait, what? What? So he used to be Pop Goggles on Instagram. Now he is at It's Jeff Epstein. He's so much fun. We had a great time. We talked a lot about Blake Lively and his connection to her. We talked about addiction. We talked about pop culture. We really just ran the whole gambit. Gambit? Is that the right word? Gamut? Gambit. I think gambit's like an X-Men. Sometimes I say words and I'm honestly like, my listeners must think I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> But I hope you guys had a great week. This week, I'm not going to lie, has been really hard for me. My family's been dealing with something since about October, I would say. And I can't talk about it. Legally, I'm not allowed to talk about it. But this week, it definitely kind of hit hit a breaking point, And it's been a really hard week. I put on my Instagram story that even sometimes getting out of bed is really difficult. So if you're going through something, if you're having a hard time... Just know you're not alone. And if honestly, if all you can do is get out of bed, brush your teeth, and get back in bed, like that's a win. I don't care what anybody says. It always hits me on the weekends because that's kind of when I don't have as much to do. Like I'm not waking up go- to go to work, I'm not doing any of that. And I've been working from home a lot lately. Which I think I need to stop because then I just, I won't leave my house for like three days. And for me, for me specifically, that's not healthy. And again, I don't know if we're going to go back into lockdown. If we do, then I'm just going to have to take walks or something. I don't have my boot on anymore. So hopefully I can get a little bit healthier and crush the rest of 2021. We still have a long time to go for this year. Although I cannot believe it is still January. I know this is going to come out in February but I cannot believe that it is still January. This week in pop culture has been pretty crazy, and I will talk about that as well. But what I first wanted to talk about, I want to do a little bit of a story time, if that's okay with you. So I put, I saw this TikTok, and it was like when the middle-aged couple starts buying you drinks and asking what you like, or something like that. I can't remember the exact words. But the video is the girl running away, being like, nope, not being a part of this. Now, when I moved to Nashville... I I thought I was very mature. You know, the things I had to deal with growing up, I was able to mature a little bit more, but I was still pretty naive. And CMA Fest is a really big country festival in Nashville, country music festival. People from all over the world come. There are so many people. It's like wall-to-wall people on Broadway. It's nuts. And I've gone twice, and both times have been absolutely crazy. But my first year that I went, I believe it was CMA Fest 2018, and basically my friend Peyton was working at Coyote Ugly. Like I said, I spent a lot of time at Coyote Ugly because I was friends with Peyton, became friends with all the girls at Coyote, so they all knew me, and they'd kind of like watch my back a little bit. So I was there alone, just having drinks, hanging out, talking to Peyton when I could, talking to the other bartenders when I could, but I had no issue just sitting there kind of minding my business having fun you know like the the night continued and this older couple sat next to me we were just kind of chatting and they were like oh are you here alone i'm like yeah yeah you know i i'm friends with people who work here so i just come here to hang out and they were like oh interesting Where do you, where are you going next? And I was like, oh, I'll probably just hang out here. Like, I felt safe there. And that is why I would go to Coyote Ugly by myself, no issue. I really wouldn't go to other bars. I would say probably Underground, Nashville Underground, which is right on Broadway. Coyote Ugly's on second, where unfortunately there was a bombing on Christmas Day. So they probably won't be open for a while. But Coyote Ugly's just off the main strip. Okay. Anyway, back to the story. I am sitting with these, with this older couple and we're just talking and they're like, well, we're going to go to Tin Roof. Do you want to come? And I looked at Peyton. I'm like, I'm going to go to Tin Roof with these guys. I'll be back. She was kind of like, okay, like, please come back. Let's make sure. said, okay. So as we're walking, they were staying at a hotel on second and they were like, do you want to grab a drink like at our hotel? And as I say this out loud, (laughs) obviously this was not a good idea for me. Obviously I should have said, no, no, let's just go to the bar. Nope. So, (laughs) so we, (laughs) we get to their hotel room, we go up and I start making myself a drink and they start hooking up on their bed. And I was kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Like, well, okay, well, I'm just going to have my, my strong vodka, vodka soda water that I just made. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you two get at it. So I start to leave and the woman gets up off of the, the guy and she looks at me and she goes, you're not going to join us. And in that moment, in that moment, I thought I was, I thought I was an adult. (laughs) I thought that I was somebody who could really handle any situation. I was wrong. I looked at her and I go, wait, what? And she goes, why did you think we invited you back? And I just went, oh my God. And I ran out of the room. I took the stairs because there's a stairwell. I took the stairs down to the lobby and just booked it with my red solo cup. I did not go back to Coyote because I just couldn't do it. Instead, I did my own version of Billy on the Street. And I know there are some of you who have followed me for a long time and were probably a part of that live, where I ran down Broadway on Instagram Live asking people if they knew what Laguna Beach was or something. I used to do such dumb shit when I first moved to Nashville, but that couple, I guess, back to that couple. They ended up going to Coyote Ugly and asked Peyton if I was coming back and Peyton took her phone out, texted me. She goes, don't you come back to Coyote Ugly, not tonight. (laughs) But yeah, that's my, um, that is my CMA Fest story. It's a story that it's fun for me now. Luckily I'm okay, but it's one of those moments, like I said, it's like you think you're grown and then you get thrown into that scenario and you're like, oh, maybe I am a little bit more naive than I let on. Like I just followed this couple to their hotel room. What did I expect to happen? Honestly, what was I thinking? So every week I obviously put up the questionnaire, what you guys want me to talk about. And somebody actually asked me my worst date. What was my worst date? And I figured right now I'm doing a little story time. So I could just tell you that right now. (laughs) I think I was 21 or 22. And I went on this date with this guy. Let's call him Zach. Zach and I went on a date and I wasn't feeling well. And I told him that I was like, you know, I don't feel great. But he was like, please, please, please just come out. Let's go to Red Robin. I'm like, okay, we'll go to Red Robin. So he didn't have a car. So I had to pick him up, which is fine. I didn't mind that Um, at the time I was on and off with a 31 year old who also didn't have a car. So I was used to being an Uber and we went to Red Robin. And again, let me remind you that I told him I did not feel well. So I ate like a little bit of my chicken sandwich and the waitress was like, do you want me to wrap that? And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't feel great. And he looked at me and he goes, you're not going to take that home. And I said, no. And he goes, well, can I take that home? And I don't know if it was a bad date, but that part really, really stuck out to me because I told him I was ill. I told him I didn't feel good. And he ended up taking half of my chicken sandwich home to eat later, I would assume, or maybe he did some Voodoo ritual, I can't tell you. But that that date really like threw me off. I'm not much of a dater, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't really go on dates. Again, like I said last year, I was like, I'm going to put myself out there more. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm feeling confident. And then COVID was like, honey, no, I don't think so. Um, another person, they asked for advice. They were like, how do you date during a pandemic? And I was like, I don't think you do. I don't know. I know a girl I work with. She is on like Tinder and things like that. So what she'll do is she'll like FaceTime guys before she goes on dates with them. And maybe that's how you do it. Like do a little FaceTime date before you do a real time date just to feel it out. See if you like them or not. But that is, um, I guess I'll call that corner story time with Kelly. It's also kind of funny now that I am doing time stamps. I'm like, like last week, I think I only talked about the Jay, Kristen and like Southern Charmcast stuff. For 11 or 12 minutes. But to me it felt like forever. So I'm like wow these these time stamps keep me real honest. But right now we are going to go to TRL. As you guys know it's total requests. Except without requests. And it's not live because it is on a podcast. But we are going to start with the top 10 Netflix shows that are on. Coming in at number 10. It is Mariposia de Barrio. Number 9 is The Vanished. Number 8 is Homefront. Number seven is Go Dog Go. Number six is Fate. Number five is The Next Three Days. Number four is Bridgerton. And you guys know that I couldn't get into that show, but I know like 86 million people have watched it or something. So I am definitely in the minority with that one. Number three is The Dig. Number two is Finding Ohana. And I immediately thought of Lilo and Stitch, but it has nothing to do with Lilo and Stitch. And then number one is Below Zero. And it made me realize how little I watch like new shows. I really don't watch them. It's hard for me to get into new shows. So I have not watched any of those other than Bridgerton and it wasn't for me. But I know everyone loved it, so there's clearly something wrong with my taste. So iTunes is kind of interesting because I know I should probably look at Billboard or something, but I decided to go with iTunes just because I feel like that's the most relevant in my opinion because that's what people are buying rather than what's been on the charts for so long. And when I looked at it, I was like, what year is it? And when I read this list, you're going to be like, yeah, what year is it? But then I realized a lot of rap and hip hop songs are 69 cents right now. And it makes sense why the top 10 is what it is. So at number 10, it's Push It by salt and pepa Number nine is Regulate by Nate Dogg and Warren G. Number eight is Levitating by Dua Lipa. And that's actually the first Dua Lipa song I've actually really liked. Number seven is whoop by CJ. Number six is Afterglow by Ed Sheeran. Number five is Bang by AJR. Number four is Wasted On You by country bad boy Morgan Wallen. Number three, I'm still surprised it's holding on this long, but it's Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Number two is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And then number one is Fake Woke by Tom McDonald. And it's a very politically charged song. And I don't know, again, it's a naive thing. I know I talked about me being naive, but I didn't expect so many political songs to come out. Like last week, two of the songs that I said, or the Patriot and the Patriot remix, were both super political. This one is extremely political. And I guess that's just the times we're in. I was hoping, you know, after the election, maybe it would calm down. But iTunes, people are buying these songs and making them big. So so yeah, number one is Fake Woke, Tom McDonald. Very politically driven song. I was actually surprised about it. And I know I said I was going to do like top, random top tens, but someone gave me the idea of songs that are turning 20 this year. So I'm going to give you some songs that are going to be turning 20 this year. I I can't believe... 2001 was 20 years ago I was originally gonna be like Oh songs from 1991 Like the year I was born And I was like oh my god I'm gonna be 30 So these are some songs that are turning 20 this year Turning 20 this year Lady Marmalade Which is of course Christina Lil' Kim Pink Maya and Missy Elliott Hit em Up Style by Blue Cantrell You Remind Me by Usher Let Me Blow your Mind by Eve I'm Real by JLo Fallen, Alicia Keys, Family Affair, Mary J. Blige, When It's Over, Sugar Ray, Get Your Freak On, Missy Elliott, Jaded, Aerosmith, I actually thought that one was older, Where the Party At by Jagged Edge, I Wanna Be Bad, Willa Ford. another song I thought was older, Love Don't Cost a Thing, J-Lo, Clint Eastwood by The Gorillas, My Sacrifice by Creed, and I Will End It with Get the Party Started, But I'm lying because I'm a Slave For You is also going to be 20 years old. And let's be clear, 2001 was incredible music. I feel like I'm about to sound like my dad, but I genuinely feel like music now. Like, it's just not going to (laughs) last the test of time. But that is TRL. And maybe I'll do that more, like songs that are turning 20. I think that's kind of fun. And actually, you know what? Let's just do songs that are turning 10, too. So these are some of the biggest hits from 2011. I guess I can't do that every week, though, huh? Because it's like a year. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'll do it every week because every week a song's going to be a different age. Again, just one of those moments where I'm like, Yeah, Kelly, stop. But okay, some of the biggest songs that are turning 10 this year that came out in 2011. Turning 10 this year, Rolling in the Deep by Adele, Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO, How to Love by Lil Wayne, The Edge of Glory by Lady Gaga, We Found Love by Rihanna. I didn't think that was that old. You and I by Lady Gaga, Till the World Ends by Britney, Sexy and I Know It, LMFAO, Best Thing I Never Had, Beyonce, Just a Kiss by Lady A. You Make Me Feel by Cobra Starship. Tonight Tonight by Hot Shell Ray. Six Foot Seven Foot by Lil Wayne. Price Tag by Jesse J. And those are the ones that really stick out to me. I can't lie. Mr. Know-It-All, that's a good one. That's Kelly Clarkson, My Last by Big Sean. I'm going to say 2001 had the better better lineup than what I just read to you guys. But those are songs turning 10 this year. All right, now we are getting into The Hills. We are in Season 4, Episode 1. It is called We Will Never Be Friends. So it's obviously been a while since I've done The Hills. We've done three seasons so far. But luckily... Lauren, of course, is there to give us the recap. And I actually forgot that Heidi almost moved to Vegas. When Lauren brought that up, I was like, oh my God, yeah, I forgot about that. But before she made the decision to move there, luckily her knight in shining diamond chains talked her out of it, Spencer. So Whitney and Lauren were reminded that they now work for Kelly Catrone at People's Revolution. And Audrina and the Laurens got a house together. Lauren and Audrina's friendship are starting to get a little rocky because Lo and Audrina don't get along. And as always... Lauren ends it with a quote. I was going to learn that sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. She always has that deep insight right at the end of her recaps, and she did not disappoint with this one. So we start off the episode at People's Revolution, and Whitney asks about Lo and Audrina, and Lauren's kind of like, they're the same, we're going to throw a party for her birthday this weekend, her birthday meaning Audrina. And Lo's helping, so hopefully it'll smooth everything out at home. But we find out that Lauren has a date because although Whitney got Lauren this job at People's Revolution, Whitney's only job is to ask Lauren what she thinks about certain things. And we find out Lauren has a date with Doug and he's so good to look at, but there have been so many nightmare stories about him. He's always been kind to me, but there have definitely been a lot of stories about Doug, especially lately with Amanda Bynes. So look into that on TikTok if you're bored. But Whitney just goes, Doug is a funny name. And we are reminded that the last time Lauren has really went on a date was with Brody. So Whitney just goes, (laughs) so yeah, a little bit of a slump. And Whitney was a low-key savage to Lauren. I feel like at this point, she was just kind of over the show. She probably already had an idea that she was going to get the city. So she's trying to be like a low-key savage to Lauren. And honestly, sometimes I'm here for it. Sometimes you got to be. The next scene, we're at Bolthouse, and I actually forgot that Heidi kept her job at Bolthouse. I mean, I know she wasn't really working there while they were filming this season. But they were at least faking that she still worked there, even though she backed out of a really big job promotion and just kind of left without saying a word to Brent. Because that's how the real world works, okay? If you are supposed to be doing something for work and you just leave, you'll still have your job the next day. But Heidi and Kimberly are walking in and we find out that Holly's coming to town. Holly, of course, being Heidi's sister and some things you may not know. She actually used to live with Heidi and Lauren for a short amount of time in their apartment together during season one. Holly was never shown, of course, but yeah, she did live with them during that time. I don't know for how long, but she also dated Justin Bobby pretty briefly after The Hills ended. So that's some fun facts about Holly for you. And she has the best dance moves on the planet, but we'll get to that much later. But Holly's there just for the weekend, and Heidi hasn't told Spencer that she's coming, and Holly doesn't know that her and Spencer are back together. Just a quick little bolt house scene, and now we're at Epic Records with Audrina and Kiara. And again, I wish we got to see more Kiara. I think she was a lot of fun. Audrina asks her what she's doing for the weekend, and Kiara says she's house hunting, But Audrina invites Kiara to her birthday party. It's going to be a Sunday party, a pool party, a barbecue. And Lauren's throwing it for her. Kiara's kind of like, Lauren's throwing you a pool party? That should be interesting. And Audrina quickly stands up for Lauren. She's like, I know she's making an effort. I appreciate that. But Audrina still feels super weird about Lo. In fact, she calls Lo super bitchy. She's like, she's just super bitchy. And I guess I never really heard Audrina talk badly about people, really. I felt like that was kind of a newer side of Audrina that we weren't used to. As we leave Epic Records, we make our way to the Spidey apartment where we meet Holly for the first time. And she's just sitting there looking uncomfortable, and then we see why she's uncomfortable, because Spencer's sitting there, looking pissed, playing video games. Heidi comes in, the Montag sisters hug, and she's like, you're already here, oh my god, you're already here. She's like, yeah, I got here early, so I just decided to come right over. And then Spencer goes, I'm gonna let you two ladies catch up. And he looks so annoyed, and he's such a little bitch in this scene, I will say that. He's like, this whole episode is just him being unpleasant. But he's not pleased, and then Heidi goes to check on him, and you can kind of hear them bickering. He's like, we're supposed to be working on ourselves, but your sister's here. Why is your sister here? And Heidi looks at Spencer and just goes, please be nice. And he goes, nice is my middle name. Fucking Spencer. That's all I can say. He made for great TV, but he was so unlikable. I don't know how anyone could watch this for the first time and be like, Spencer's good. He's a good, like, he's a good reality TV character, but he's not a likable person, especially not on the show. Now we are at the Lauren's and Audrina's home. And Lauren's getting ready for her date. She's wearing a dress and Lowe suggests inviting Doug to Audrina's if all things go well. It's just kind of the girls talking back and forth. There's no real conversation until Lauren says, I think you and Audrina should have a fun date night tonight. And Lou is kind of like, no, she doesn't really respond. But the doorbell rings. Lauren runs downstairs, opens the door. We see Doug for the first time. And he calls her babe right away. He's like, hey, babe. He looks great. He's wearing a white shirt. Then we all love a car ride moment. I feel like Laguna in the Hills loved a good car ride scene. And that's what we get. We're learning nothing about Doug. <laughs> Doug only says like four words during this whole scene. And Lauren asks if he's hungry. He goes, I'm starving. And then she goes, how are you adjusting to L.A.? Do you like it here? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all he gives. He gives a yeah. And again, Doug is cute, but he has zero personality, especially in this scene. I feel like as the series goes or as the season goes, he gets a little bit more personality. But yeah, he is he's wet blanket right now. Maybe he was just nervous to be on TV. But then Lauren brings up a high school memory. She's like, "Do you remember when I used to drive by your house and I'd call you and make you come out so I could say hi? Do you remember that?" I'd be like, "I'm co- I'm driving by your house. Come out and say hi to me." I was such a nerd. And all Doug says is, "I do remember that. That was a long time ago." <laughs> And Lauren does seem smitten with him, like she's kind of giving him the eyes, but her voice doesn't change. And we know that if Lauren likes a guy, her voice is going to change at least one octave, so she can't be that into Doug. But she does seem happy to be around him, and you know if she's the one with, like, the big personality, that the other person really doesn't have a huge, any personality. And that's Doug. Doug in this scene, especially. And like I said, I think throughout the season, he gets a little more personality, But this, this is a brutal episode for Doug. So the two pull up to a restaurant called Red Pearl Kitchen and Doug asks what she's been doing the last four years. And I kind of wish that she was like, well, I've been on a reality show, but of course they didn't never broke the fourth wall. That was one thing the Hills never did. And I feel like most reality shows didn't do that until recently, but he's like, yeah, it has been a long time, huh?" blah, blah, blah. Lauren ends up ordering a drink called the Fuzzy Dragon, which I am assuming has rum in it. I don't know why, but a Fuzzy Dragon is definitely orange slash red colored with rum in it. Doug ends up ordering a beer. And Lauren's like, you know, what you order for drinks is a lot about who you are as a person. And Doug's like, okay, what does me ordering a beer mean? (laughs) And Lauren says, it means you're a guy's guy. Is that a good thing? I think so. And right away, Doug's like, we should do this again sometime. And then Lauren invites him to Audrina's birthday party. No substance this whole scene. There is, it's a boring, boring scene. But right after they order their drinks, they haven't even gotten their food. He's inviting, he wants to go on a second date with her. So obviously he's into it. But yeah, very boring, boring couple scene. Now we're at a non-boring couple scene. We are at the Spidey apartment and Holly's making them breakfast. Heidi walks out and Holly's like, I wish I, I hope I didn't wake you. And she's like, yeah, we sleep in a little bit, a little bit later than you do. But Holly's, you know, she's making breakfast. She's being nice. so You should say thank you. But Spencer's rude when he comes out, immediately nasty to Holly. And Holly asks if he wants breakfast. And Spencer goes, is that it? And Holly's like, yeah. And he goes, no, I'm not very hungry. Heidi says, be nice. His response, don't wake me up. Don't sleep until 12. That I mean, she has a point. Most people are awake up and at him by 12. And then Spencer goes back to bed. And all Heidi says is, I am so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. She says that to Holly. And now we are at the Laurens and Audrina's home. And we are here to celebrate Audrina's birthday party. Frankie and Brody roll up wearing matching jerseys. And Lauren's like, you guys look like nerds. And Frankie's like, we just came from the Lakers game. We just came from the Lakers game. And all of Audrina's punk rock friends start showing up. Someone has a glorious pink mohawk. And they all have like piercings, tattoos. Very much not the crowd we typically see on the hills. But I think that was on purpose. Obviously those were probably, I'm guessing those were actually Audrina's friends. But I don't think Audrina was anything like Lo and Lauren. And I think we know that. Like The people she surrounded herself with were not Brody and Frankie Delgado. Not her typical scene. But after her punk rock friends show up, Doug shows up and he's also wearing a Lakers jersey, but he doesn't get any shit for it. And I know Brody and Doug were friends, so I wonder if the three of them went to the Lakers game and production was kind of like, let us just splice this so nobody realizes that they all know each other. But Low and Lauren are in the kitchen. Basically, Doug says he's going to cook for everybody and Lowe is very standoffish. She's acting very strange. And Lauren just basically tells her, she's like, please be the charming Lowe that I know and love. And Low's like, I'll try. I'll try. Whatever. I'll try. Low is not going to try. Low is not here. I mean, she's giving like dirty looks to Audrina's friend. She hasn't even stepped outside the house yet. So Low is not here for this party. The three girls are now in the kitchen. So Audrina and the Laurens are hanging out in the kitchen. And Lowe asks Audrina who she invited. She goes, I invited Justin and people I go out with. When you guys don't know who I'm hanging out with, like, these are the people I'm with. And Lo says something super shady. She goes, we're just going to enjoy the company that comes. And it was the way she delivered it came off very bad. And Audrina just kind of stared at her, gave her a dirty look, walked away. And Lauren is standing next to Low and is just grilling her. She's looking at her like, why would you say that? Why, why are you being awful? Of course, Heidi is not at Audrina's birthday party. So her and Holly are having salon time. And we find out that Heidi didn't tell her parents about the Spencer stuff. She didn't tell her parents they were back together. Nothing like that. And Holly says, you used to tell mom everything yeah, but then you grow up and I don't want my family involved. And I think you guys would trust me with my decisions. We do trust you, Holly says really quickly, which of course means we don't trust you. But Holly then asks about Lauren and all Heidi says, she goes, I don't think we'll ever be friends again. It's been a long time. And Holly's like, do you miss her? And Heidi just doesn't really respond. She just kind of shrugs her shoulders a bit. But Holly's concerned because she doesn't want Heidi to sacrifice anyone else for her relationship, which has, of course, been a reoccurring theme with Heidi talking to people about her relationship with Spencer. Everyone's just kind of like, please put yourself first, stop putting him first, stop losing people in your life because of this man. And Heidi's just like, I'm going to do whatever I want. So back to the party. Our man Justin Bobby shows up and hugs Audrina. And as they're hugging, he pretends he's going to throw her in the pool. And very cute moment. These two are cute. I know they're toxic. But I feel like this season they're very cute and I hate it. But Doug ends up asking Lauren to sit with him. And they get cuddly for like one second. They kind of cuddle up. She sits close to him and she's like, I have to go deal with the cake. Like, I have to get all this stuff ready. Lowe's not helping me. So I am going to play an audio clip between Lo and Lauren in three, two, one.
1: Hi. Hey. What's up? Where have been, I was here for like an hour. I was upstairs playing with the dog. What? You've been down here. I need you down here. I just don't know any about Trina's friends. Yeah, me either, but this is the part where we need to make an effort. Otherwise, it's just, it's not going to get better. I feel like we are making an effort, and I feel like it's not reciprocated on her end. We've been in the kitchen all day, like, doing stuff for her. He's only... Like, oh, I'm in the same position. Yeah, I know, but it's just uncomfortable. So, I'm done. Okay. I'm not gonna be put in this situation to your dress. And I have cake on my dress.
0: So, I'm kind of like, is Lo just nervous to meet new people? Does she have social anxiety? Or does she just not care to meet these people? Do you know what I mean? I'm kind of on the fence whether she is nervous to meet new people and is nervous to put herself out there because she could easily just sit with Frankie, Brody, people that she knows, but she's not even out there at all, which I thought was a little interesting. Like that little part, because again, she could just sit with Brody, Frankie and not deal with any of the punk rock kings and queens that are at the pool party instead she would rather just sit upstairs by herself. So back to the backyard Lauren tells Frankie about Lo and Audrina. She's like you know I don't know what's going on. They don't like each other and she feels bad that she hasn't spent time with Doug. Lauren is very stressed out this party. She is not liking it. She doesn't like what's going on between Audrina and Lo. and Frankie's just kind of like what if they don't want to be friends? What if they'll never be friends? And Lauren's like then they'll never be friends and Frankie says what if it all ends and Lauren doesn't want it to end. She's like I want it to go back to what it was. I I want to get back to where I was with Audrina, but her and Lo just cannot get along. So, the next scene, Holly is now leaving the Spidey apartment. It was a very quick visit just for the weekend, and Holly says that she misses Heidi, and then she kind of says she wants to move to LA. She's like, I don't really have anything going on in Colorado. Maybe I'll move here in LA, figure my stuff out. And Heidi's like, Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. I hope you do. And maybe I can just stay with you guys and we can I can stay there until I find a place. And right away, Heidi says, okay. Heidi's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So again, just awkward between Spencer and Holly. And Holly gets in the cab, leaves. And Spencer's mad that Heidi said that Holly could stay there, which I actually get. I understand why he's upset about that. She didn't even ask him how he felt about it. She was just kind of like... Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll work for us. So Spencer's like, um, she's going to stay with us. And Heidi's like, just for a week or two. And he goes, you know, it's going to be longer than a week or two. So again, more tension between Spencer and Heidi. And again, if they weren't really acting during this scene, they deserve Oscars. Like if Spencer wasn't really annoyed with Heidi, if Heidi wasn't really annoyed with Spencer. And he actually said on the Brad Behavior, I believe the podcast is called. It's uh, Brad Behavior podcast that he said everything was fake, but then when he rewatches or sees another scene, he's like, that wasn't fake. I did not, I really felt that way. So I wonder how much, of course, was fake, wasn't fake. I think we all wonder that. As a Hills fan, that's something we will forever have to wonder about. But Holly is gone, Spidey is fighting, and we're at People's Revolution. And Whitney asks Lauren about the barbecue, because again, (laughs) Whitney didn't go, but it's still her job to ask how everything went. And Lauren is just sick of low but also feels like Lowe has tried and she owes nothing to Audrina. She's like, you know, Lowe's really tried with Audrina and it's not like she really owes Audrina anything. They just, they might not ever be friends. And then Whitney's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So what about Doug? And Lauren right away says she feels bad because she basically ignored Doug the whole party. He cooked for everybody, but she just had to deal with the Lowe and Audrina drama. And then we find out that Lauren told Lo that she had to talk to Audrina. She was like, if you guys are going to all stay here, you two at least have to have a conversation with one another. And I genuinely didn't remember that part. And I don't remember that. I did not remember the conversation that happened between Lo and Audrina. So let's get into that. We see Lo walking across the backyard. She goes to the guest house and knocks. Audrina invites her in. And just a side note, that guest house is cute. I feel like I would want to live in that guest house more than the main house. And maybe that's just the Ryan Atwood in me. I don't know. But it's obviously very awkward between the two of them. They don't like each other. They're probably never going to like each other. And they're really starting to realize that. So Lo asks if she had a fun birthday. And Audrina says, it was crazy. I had to go into the front yard to get away from everybody. And then Lo starts to explain her side of things. And I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one
1: i wanted to apologize i was kind of absent at your birthday um like the, the issue is that you know we all moved in with the idea that we were all going to be friends and our relationship was going to grow and it, it just hasn't happened it like, hasn't happened at all i feel like we've tried though and you like haven't given very much back to us i know i just don't feel like i click with you like i feel like i'm kind of always on the outside i don't think that i put you on the outside I know, like, you and Lauren have grown up together and been friends, and I think I was just so used to always, like, you know, Lauren and I always being in the apartment, we'd tell each other everything. No, I completely agree, but, I mean, I feel like the blame is being put on me for the reason that you and Lauren are drifting Mm apart, and I, I just, like, don't think that's fair. I don't know, it just seems like there's an attitude. Like, I just go on vibes and tension and energy people give off. And now I'm to the point where it's like, I don't care about really, really overly trying anymore. Yeah, I know. I just, like... There's, like, a strong part of me that, like, really wants to be friends with you, and I think that Warren wants you guys' relationship to, like, get better and for you guys to, you know, Mm -hmm. get back to the point where you were. I just feel like I have friends that actually treat me good, and and I feel included, and it's like, you don't do that. I feel like we're really making an effort, and if you don't want to, like, put as much back, it's just like, I I just don't care. We'll never be friends.
0: And all I can say about that scene is Audrina matched Lowe's energy, right? Lowe went in and was kind of trying to pin it on Audrina. Audrina's like, no, we're not going to do that. This is why I think you're wrong. This is why I think you have left me out. Boom, that is that. We're never going to be friends. But Audrina matched the energy that Lowe walked in with and Lowe did not like that one bit. That's all I know. But that's how the episode ends. Basically, Lowe walks out of the guest house, looks really upset, and she's kind of like, holy shit, like, I tried to make it that she was trying to exclude us, but she was right. She read me the scripture. Clearly, I've been watching too much Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the fact I just said read the scripture. But yeah, that is the episode. That is how the episode ends. Audrina and Lowe are going to be enemies, <laughs> but I do like that Lowe tried to be like, well, you've really not let... Lauren and I in and Audrina's like I have friends that I don't have to like worry about that with and Lo did not know what to say so that is the first episode of season four of The Hills And I'm excited to get into this one. I think, I I mean, I've said it a million times, but I don't really remember like season four that much. So a lot of this is going to be new for me, new or refreshed, I guess I should say. And I'm excited about it. So last week Teen Mom came back and honestly, I'm just, I'm not really into it. I feel like I'm just kind of over Teen Mom, Teen Mom OG specifically. I do like Teen Mom 2 better than Teen Mom OG OG. But I don't know, I just, I wasn't into it. I didn't watch it live. And you guys know I love to watch TV live. I'm not someone who likes to catch up on it the next day. I know that's weird, but that's just something about me. My old woman quirk, I guess. I always joke, people are like, oh, I don't even have cable. I'm like, I still pay for cable. But I don't know, I just can't really get into it. It's actually really frustrating because I did love the show. I guess one thing that I took out of it is Amber is still the absolute worst. So she has, of course, Gary and Christina have basically taken care of Leah, Leah's whole life. Amber sits on the couch, does her thing, dates random dudes from like Sweden or whatever. And she ends up breaking up with her Swedish, uh, Belgium, I'm sorry, he was from Belgium. She ends up breaking up with her Belgium boyfriend because he's way too possessive. And she kind of talks about, like, how Gary's been great helping her with stuff. But there's a scene in the in the season premiere where Gary's polishing tomatoes, which we love to see. But him and Christina are speaking to one another. And they kind of joke that Amber is, like, their teenage daughter, which is true. They help Amber with everything. It's almost like they're raising Amber at the same time that they're raising Leah. And Amber went on an insane Twitter rant. And she basically said that those two are two-faced, they're assholes, she doesn't trust them. In in a way, I almost feel like Amber's worse than Janelle. I know that is a big thing to say. I think Janelle is horrible, but I think Amber is just as bad. I don't know how she hasn't been kicked off the show. I just, I can't get down with Amber. She actually really bothers me, like seeing her on my screen really, really upsets me. I like sit there and I'm like, get this bitch off my screen. Like all she does is complain about everything and then doesn't seem to try to help herself in any way. I think that's what frustrates me the most, even with Gary and Christina helping with everything. I mean, maybe them saying she's like another teenage daughter wasn't the kindest thing to say, but it's true. They're like raising her. And raising Leah at the same time. And it actually, there are some previews for later in the season. And Leah gets mad at Amber because of Amber's choices and why, you know, she wasn't there for Leah growing up and all this stuff. So I'm actually really excited to see that. I've been waiting for stuff like that to come out. Another part that I really liked was Macy was talking about Bentley and Ryan And Bentley basically said she he does not want to spend time with Ryan until Ryan goes to therapy. And of course, Ryan is not going to go to therapy. Ryan is surrounded by enablers and people who don't think he does anything wrong. So if you don't know the backstory... Ryan wasn't allowed to be near Taylor and Macy because he said he was going to put a bullet in Taylor's head. So they had an order of protection and Ryan's denied it the whole time. He's like, there's no way I'd say that, but these people are liars. You can't trust these people. And I'm kind of like, you can because you said it like it was recorded. So there's a scene with Jen, Larry, Ryan, and Mackenzie. And Mackenzie kept her mouth shut but Ryan was going off about how these people are liars and how it's easy to turn a kid against a parent. And I'm kind of like, I don't think Macy had to do that. Bentley's old enough. Bentley obviously does not have a good time when he's with Ryan. I mean, last season on the golf course, Ryan was so nasty to him. Like, why would you want to be around that? And Macy did say that Bentley still wants to see Jen and Larry, but until Ryan goes to therapy, he's not comfortable seeing Ryan. And I think that is such a mature thing for Bentley to say. He's only what? Or I guess he's like 10, 11 or 12. He's in that age range. Uh, we've grown, these kids have grown up in front of our eyes. It's very weird. I think that's why I keep watching because I've grown up with them as well. But I know that Bentley said he wants to go to therapy, which again, I think is a really mature decision. I think it's great. Who else is there? Cheyenne's there. Um, Her and Corey are not together, even though I kind of wish they were end game. But I know he's with um Taylor, I think her name is. But Corey said he was never going to be on Teen Mom again because Taylor was let go due to her, um, racist comments from the past. But he was on this episode. So I think he changed his mind about that because he's like one of MTV's golden boys or something. So he clearly gets paid really well by MTV and he probably wants to continue to get that paycheck. But he was on it and Cheyenne's back with her ex-boyfriend. And this is, I don't know if it's a spoiler alert. I think. If you follow the show, you probably know Cheyenne is now expecting with Zach. So she is expecting baby number two with her boyfriend Zach, but we're not there yet in the season at least. I will say Ryder, their daughter's like the cutest little girl I've ever seen. She's so funny on the show too. Caitlyn and Tyler are Caitlyn and Tyler. That's all I can say about them. They really bore me and they're really trying to have baby number three or four, baby number four, because, of course, they gave their first child up for adoption. So I guess we'll see if they have a baby, if they can get pregnant. I don't know. A part of me is almost like, imagine if they adopted. Like, what a full circle moment that would be. And then there's Mackenzie, who was a late ad. I think she came back last season, but she was on the original 16 and Pregnant. And I talked about it on the podcast. She said that her husband, Josh, was sleeping with her cousin and... And then on the show, they were like, no, that wasn't true. She lied about that. And I was like, damn, Mackenzie, you had me reporting on that shit like it was real. So it wasn't a great first episode of the season, but I am sure it'll get better as it does. There's definitely going to be drama. So I'm just I'm holding on. I'm still going to watch every week. But I will say that the season premiere was pretty bleak. And it was just basically catching us all up. And they're also doing COVID. So it's like during COVID times. And maybe that's why I'm also a little turned off by it. Because I'm like, we're living in this. I don't need to watch it on TV. You know what I mean? Another MTV show that I love is The Challenge. And this season... I really wish I'm I'm kind of backtracking. I I'm, I was going to talk about this season, but I really wish that they still showed like fun drama. They're making the show just a very physical, competitive show, and it used to be so much more fun. I don't even need sloppy hookups whatever. But they used to play pranks on each other. They used to have like there was one season, I think it was Bloodline or something where they had like a fashion show and they used to just have fun with each other. And now it's just not like that. And again, I know I hold on to the past very tightly, like white knuckle the past. I don't want to let it go. But let the competitors have some fun. Let the challengers have some fun. They're on reality TV because they're good time. Like their personality's fun. I will say the Big Brother editions have really driven me crazy. Last season, I really liked Fessy and everyone was like, you wouldn't have liked him if you watched Big Brother. And now he's on this season. I'm like, okay, you guys are right. I do not like Fessy. He's very nice to look at, but I don't like him at all. Josh makes me want to ram my head through a wall. I want to pull like a Mike the Situation in Italy whenever Josh is on my screen. I don't like that he keeps getting cast. I can't stand him. He wants so much camera time. Um, I'm trying to think like who my favorites have been this season. I actually really like Kyle this season. Kyle, he was on... Gordy Shore, I believe, a UK show called Gordy Shore. And I used to not really care for him, but this season I really like him. CT, I always like CT, I always like Anissa. I, uh, um, Cam, I really like, I'm trying to think, Devin cracks me up. I know that a lot of people don't like Devin, but I think Devin is one of the funniest people. He cracks me up. And I love that he gets people mad because that's what the game's about. It's about getting under people's skin, you know? It's about having fun. It's about yelling in the house and annoying people. That's what it's always been. And one thing I cannot stand this season is everyone's like, you stabbed me in the back, you stabbed me in the back. That's the challenge to, quote, I don't, I think Sarah Rice said this before Johnny Bananas, but all is fair in love, war, and the challenge. And Leroy has been acting all like big and bad this season. And I'm like, for a decade, you rode Bananas' coattails and now you are dating one of the most powerful female competitors. So you're kind of riding her coattails too. I know that's an unpopular opinion. I know people really love Leroy, but he just does not do it for me. He really bothers me. And the way he acted towards Jay because Jay and Teresa threw Cam in. If it was anybody else, he would have been like, you know, thank you for giving Cam her shot at a gold skull. Maybe they wanted a heads up. I don't know. But Leroy's reaction just, it did not fit what happened, in my opinion. And I get he loves Cam. He doesn't want Cam to be sent home. But he's like calling Jay. He's like, you're a pussy bitch. And Jay's like, okay. Whereas Teresa, like Teresa popped in and started going off on Leroy. And Leroy got quiet real quick. So uh, that just annoyed me. Everyone on this season is like, I can't believe you lied to me. Yeah, it's the challenge. That's what they do. I'm pretty sure CT said that. He's like, all these people are acting like they've never played the game before. But I'm still going to watch every week. Even though I complain about it, I still love it. It's still my favorite show. I think the challenge is probably my favorite show to watch. I just, I love it. I like Devin. I'm rooting for Devin. I don't think he'll make it to the final. And I will say, this is the first season in so long where I haven't found out who won the challenge. And I am very happy about that. If you know, please do not slide into my DMs because I've had to like mute and block so many Twitter accounts just so I didn't find out. My hope is that Anissa makes it to the final. I don't know if she will. If she doesn't, I think it's time to retire. I would love for Cam to win the final. Or be in it at least. Um, I actually like Casey from Big Brother. I didn't say her name. But as far as male competitors go, I'm guessing Fessy will get there just because he's a big dude. But I'm not sure. I guess I don't really know who would make it. I guess if Cam gets there, Leroy probably will too. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I feel like there's still a lot of competitors left and it's been on for a while now. So they're probably going to have to do some kind of purge challenge soon, I would assume. But those are my thoughts on the challenge. This week, I also watched SNL for the first time in a really long time. Usually I just catch whatever clips are like going viral but it was actually pretty funny. I guess I haven't watched it in years, really, because I didn't think it was funny anymore. But last last night was pretty good. Um, John Krasinski was the host. He was really funny. Machine Gun Kelly was the artist. And that's why I watched it, because I really used to really, really, really like Machine Gun Kelly. I loved his music. I loved what he stood for, EST for life. But I just, I know a lot of people really love his punk pop stuff. I'm not that into it. I know, again, it's like my Bridgerton opinion. It's very off. (laughs) I know a lot of people love his music. They love his new music, I should say. But I miss his rapping. My favorite song by him is Breaking News, followed by the Sale remix, and then Alpha Omega, probably. But I just, I can't get into his new sound, and even like the new way he carries himself and stuff. I don't know. I was talking to somebody in my DMs about it, and I just feel like he's very thirsty now. Even the way he carried Megan into the NBC Studios 30 Rock building, whatever it's called, for just before the show aired. I was like, they just seem so damn thirsty for attention. But I will say Machine Gun Kelly is probably one of the best live performers I've ever seen. The energy that he has. I'm sure he will keep that energy with his pop punk sound stuff. I don't know if he'll ever go back to rap. I hope he does. I loved Hotel Diablo. I love his rap music. I do. I really do. But I just can't get into his pop punk stuff, which is very off brand for me because you guys know I love that kind of music. Overall, though, I will say that Pete Davidson looks incredible. He looks so healthy, and I was so happy to see how healthy he looked because I was really worried about Pete Davidson. He's one of those celebrities I worry about a lot more than I probably should. I think he's really funny, really talented, and for a while I know he was really heavy using drugs and all of that, but he looked like full face, really healthy, and I really hope that he continues on that trend because we love that. We love glow-ups. We love people who are able to do that. All right, now we're going to do some pop culture brunch. We're going to have our brunch time. All right, my lords and ladies, we're going to have brunch. So pour your mimosa, sip on your water, do whatever you want to do. I feel like for pop culture this week, we are going to talk about Madison from Southern Charm again. I never thought I would talk about anyone from Southern Charm as much as I'm speaking about this woman. But apparently, allegedly, she is or has in the past hooked up with A-Rod. And when I saw that, I was kind of like, I believe it. Like there was no hesitation. I believed it immediately. And that's because of Celebrity Blinds. And I promised to start reading Blinds again, get more into that. I kind of stepped away because, I don't know, I felt like there was so much going on. I was like, "I I can't focus on these right now. But there were so many Celebrity Blinds that A-Rod cheated on JLo all the time. So when I saw people, you know, kind of acting surprised about this, I was surprised that people were surprised because I don't think he's been super, like, secretive about it. Again, he's somebody who will follow random girls, mostly, like, short, blonde, pretty girls seem to be his type, and he follows them, he'll DM them, and I don't know how people don't just screenshot and sell DMs. Like, I probably would do that. I know that sounds shitty, But if I had somebody like that trying to cheat on their wife or fiance, they're not married yet, A-Rod and J-Lo aren't married yet, but I would screenshot that shit. Make some money. TMZ will buy that, I promise. But yeah, there were a lot of celebrity blinds that A-Rod was always cheating on J-Lo, so it's not that big of a surprise to me. Like I said, I believe it. I think when there's smoke, there's fire. I've said that a lot lately. I mean it. Halsey is expecting. She announced that she is pregnant, and I think that's really exciting She did talk about having a miscarriage on stage once, or she was having one and then had to perform, so she wore a diaper on stage. She went into a lot of detail about it. If you want to read it, I'm sure if you Google Halsey miscarriage, it'll pop right up. But I love that she's pregnant. I think she's going to be a great mom. I think that she is... I really like Halsey. She's she's a new artist that I really like, and I know she's not new. She has three albums. I should stop calling her a new artist. But I like her music. I like her personality. And one thing that I really, really like about her, I don't know if you guys know this, probably not, but she really remembers every single fan that she meets. There will be people who met her one time three years ago and she still remembers their name. And I think that's pretty incredible. That's the effort that she puts into her fans. Another thing, Halsey suffers from endometriosis, which I also have. She's had surgery for it and there was obviously a risk that she couldn't get pregnant so, I'm really happy for her. I think she will be an incredible mom. Apparently, the guy who the father of her baby, they've been together for a while since I think May of last year. They just kept it very quiet. And that was probably for the best because all of Halsey's relationships gets ripped apart in the media. So smart on her. We're happy for her. We love it for her. And congratulations, Halsey. One of my favorite shows, The Bold Type, is coming back for a fifth and final season. My dream would be to have Megan Fahey, the person who plays Sutton, on the podcast. I think Sutton is one of the greatest, like, kind of teen drama characters. I don't know if it's a teen drama. I'm not going to call it one. A young adult <laughs> Drama. Her character is incredible. I know last season they kind of ruined her character because a lot of shit went down. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but it's on Hulu and I highly recommend you watch it. When my friend told me to watch it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. And then I watched it for two episodes and I was hooked. Of course, there are some storylines you may not like, but absolutely an incredible show. It's back for a fifth and final season and I'm so excited about it. It is on Freeform. I don't know if this is really pop culture, I don't understand the stock market, but GameStop and AMC really messed with the stock market, and we love that, I think. I know a bunch of Reddit people basically bought stocks and kind of fucked over a bunch of billionaires, so they may not be able to afford their giant mega million yachts anymore. Very sad, I know. But I kind of love when stuff like that happens. I wish I understood it. I downloaded the Robin Hood app. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, here's 50 bucks. Don't, I don't know what's happening. And then I was told the Robin Hood app is no good, but it has $50 of mine, so I have to do it. But I, I think that's kind of pop culture. I know SNL did a thing about it. So I'm calling that pop culture. I have no information about it. I know that I'm not helpful with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought it was a cool thing. But that is all I have for the week. I will probably talk a bit more about like mental health stuff next week just because I feel like we're all going through it. But coming up is the interview with Jeff. I hope you guys love it. We had a great time. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And thank you guys for leaving reviews. And subscribing and all of that, we were able to chart last week, which I love. It's so exciting to see, you know, my name next to some bigger podcast names. So thank you so much for that. And I hope you enjoy the interview with Jeff. Guys, I am so excited for my next guest. He's the first guest of the new season, first guest of Nostalgia in Now, because he actually gave me the name. My first Instagram friend. Everyone, please welcome Jeff Epstein. And he changed that. To, that's your real name, I will say that, and he did his rebrand to that right before all the Jeff Ste- Jeff Epstein stuff came out.
2: Oh no no no! This was after. This is well after. <laughs> I didn't think there. I, I just had to readdress it again. I'm like, how are you people so fucking stupid? And then somebody yesterday I commented on, like, it was Kyle Richard's post. And she was like, I can't believe you you affiliated with Jeffrey Epstein. And then somebody else jumped in and was like, you fucking dumb bitch. Obviously, he's dead. Like, what are you? People are so
0: stupid. <laughs> anyway. So that was brave of you. And basically, you're the one who encouraged me to do the brand change because you've already done so many. Even your podcast name is Manic now.
2: And her and I were just talking before we started recording about branding and it's guys it's rough waters out there it's scary to change um but i was so excited i wasn't you put out that tweet and you said any ideas for the podcast name did i say now in nostalgia or nostalgia now
0: i think you said now in nostalgia and i kept telling people i'm like no i wanted to be nostalgia and now and originally i actually think i was gonna do now in nostalgia but switching it just made more sense for for me
2: because nostalgia is your priority
0: yeah you know you and i we both like to live in the past
2: somebody just texted me one of my good friends and my group texted me my brother and they were like jeff oh my god i just like i looked through the top 10 on Billboard, and i don't really i realized i don't know any other songs he was like it makes so much sense that all of your songs are from like 2000 2010 i was like i'm telling you i i've got the right idea
0: so i was actually gonna ask you i still think artists like halsey are like quote unquote newer even though they've been around for a while but what newer artist do you like? Okay, that is a
2: good question. Wow. off the Out of the gate. Um, <laughs> I love Selena Gomez. I think she's super underrated. She's
0: been around forever.
2: Wait, okay. So how new?
0: <laughs> I mean, I would say Halsey for me is newer.
2: Okay, I would actually say that too then. For me, for if I were to think of like a newer, newer artist... Again, nothing like newer. She, I guess, it's like 2016. It would probably be her, too. I like a lot of her stuff. My brother and I were just saying she has a very, very specific voice. Mm-hmm. We're auto tuned, but it's not.
0: Have you ever seen her live?
2: No, I don't like live music. What? Oh, I know it's a controversial opinion.
0: Tell me more. I want to hear this because concerts are like my favorite thing. And when this COVID shit, I'm like, I will go to any concert. The first concert I see, I'm going.
2: I've seen that. I've seen you post about it. And I'm like, <laughs> it's. I do think concert fun. what it is, is like when it comes to, I love the the production of something. I love a produced studio sound. And I also don't like change. I'm very stubborn. I'm very, very particular. So when I hear a song being performed, to me, in my mind, I'm like, wait a minute, that's different than how I know it. Like, I want it to be exactly the same. So I think it's a stubborn, particular thing.
0: Okay, that's so interesting. I really didn't know that.
2: Yeah, I've, and I haven't been to many concerts. Like, some, like, but like I went to a Taking Back Sunday concert. Like, that was very fun. Or, like, I actually, this is going to sound so bad, too. I was, like, dating a guy who worked for Universal Music. So he was always, like, a lot of his job was to, like, go to these artists' shows. And I would always be like, I'm not going. I'm not going. I would be there. And I would be like, I don't want to be here. And he was like, you are ungrateful little shit. And I was like, I don't like it. And then I would hear the songs, and I was like, they sound bad. And like,
0: <laughs> Other I, than Allie and AJ. I know you love Allie oh God, and AJ. Best concert?
2: Okay, that so that was, but they also sound, and this is a huge compliment to Allie and AJ, Machalka, that they sound super similar to how they sound in the studio.
0: Oh, okay. I get it then.
2: And it is sometimes different, too, when you're just going and you can fully sing along to everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, most concerts I go to, I mean, I've seen Backstreet Boys 13 times live, Taylor Swift 3. Kelly Clarkson, like, four. So I like to see the same artists over and over and over.
2: Wait, what was your first concert?
0: Backstreet Boys Millennium.
2: So that was in, like, 2001 or 2000? T- or 2000.
0: I was in second grade.
2: I'm like, what the hell are you doing at a concert? No, I, get, <laughs> I mean, I go to a concert at second grade, right?
0: I mean, my mom was just like, let's ruin her hearing early.
2: Okay. I think my first concert, because it was a free, was it? Like yeah, it was it was free. It was Green Day.
0: That's acceptable. I feel like that's not a bad one. I mean, I wasn't a big Green Day fan. My brother was. He used to go to all their shows.
2: I, I wasn't a huge one too, so I think I was kind of like okay, but it was free. And the second one, which was also free, because my sister won tickets to um, it was a Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock concert. <laughs> so,
0: um, I can just picture I, you like ball with the ball, the bang, the bang.
2: I was, it was the whole thing. I was, I feel like we should have, I stole this person's car that I was pet sitting for and we drove like two hours and then she was like, whose car is this? And I was like, and then we're like, oh my God, so, it's like, the whole thing. And then we got there so late. And then I, something happened. I actually can't really say, but yeah.
0: So if you guys don't follow Jeff, he's a troublemaker or he was, he's former now. He has some, I'm, I always say Jeff has like three lives. More, more than that.
2: More, I am, I am, um, I think at heart, I'm a troublemaker. I still, you know, I even little things around my apartment building, I, I, I am, but in, like, good fun.
0: Yeah, you're not, you're off probation, so cheers to that.
2: Cheers to that, yeah. I'm now just, I, I think everyone needs to, you know, let loose, but, like, let's respect the law
0: for the most part. <laughs> so, I know you're originally from Jersey. Now, you live in California. First of all, what's Jersey like? Second, what brought you to California?
2: i'm like well jersey's a pit <laughs> uh i feel like well so you're from boston, you're from the suburbs around boston right right i think it's got to be similar i've never been up there but i can only assume
0: i mean you know, everyone's rude we drive like assholes i mean like jersey
2: jersey's trashy i feel like everyone has this it's a very specific mindset it's very like naive in a sense and, and like yeah i i look back now or yeah i often reference the word naive when i think about it um it's just not for me. I always knew. I, I knew, like, even when I was, like, uh, in middle school and teachers were like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I would always say, I want to live in California. And they were like, I'm not a fucking career. And I was like, I want to live in California. And they're like, that's not a career, which ironically, people somehow make a career out of living here. But um, but yeah, I always knew I wanted to live here. And then I had this whole idea, like, from my freshman, from my first day of freshman year in high school, I was like, when I graduate, I'm gonna go to California I always felt like I belonged there. And then I moved here when I was 18, and I just feel like I'm a West Coast person. I don't feel like I'm an East Coast person.
0: And you only saved up like $200, right? I think we talked about this.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's confusing. Like, there, it's not a linear story where it's like, oh, I moved here at 18, whatever. There was lots of like shuffling around, whatever. What had happened first is like, I came here. And I had enough. I think it was just enough to like pay my first month's rent. So that was the first time. But then I actually came here and I was like severely withdrawing. So after a month, I was like free. I was like, oh my god! And then um, I had to, I went back to New Jersey for six months, and then I came here again, and I only had 180 bucks. And I just um, I don't know what I did. To be honest with you,
0: I don't remember. One thing I wanted to talk to you about. I know that you were on and you were an extra on a lot of different shows, right? A few, at least a few.
2: There's so many, so many, yeah.
0: What was Glee like and why did you put a curse on the cast?
2: <laughs> um, I forget who asked me that question. Wait, was that you that asked me that question in my story? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I'm telling you Glee's curse is so funny. So what's so crazy too is that when I was an extra to I think that's around the time that I found out that Corey Monteith was, like, doing heroin stuff. So then, of course, me, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, how can we go do heroin together? Like, I a he must have better heroin than me. Like, we should go do his. Or I can offer him some of mine and, like, we can go to my car and do it. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And um, otherwise, it was actually, they were very strict. And so there's always certain PAs for certain sets. Like, their PA, PA in that set was a fucking bitch. So I usually, honestly, just went to my car and, like, steered away from it. Um, like I didn't do the work because they were very strict and it was very, it was annoying and like they're filming stuff with their, they're actually, everyone on that cast was very, very disciplined and like, and I was like, this is too much for me.
0: Like too intense?
2: Well, I was like, I just wanted to like be in the bathroom doing drugs. I was like, this is too strict.
0: And that's how you and Annabelle met, right? On the Glee?
2: But it wasn't Glee. I think we met on something different. It was, it was something, I, one of our like most prominent meetings was at this Carrie Underwood Super Bowl. Performance that we were extras for, and that's when we really hung out. Another one, it was another set. It was like somewhere in the valley, and then yeah, somebody we're, we hit it off, and somebody came up to us and was like, "You guys remind me of the brother and sister from Cool Intentions." And we were like, "Oh my god, it's the biggest!" <laughs> he was like, "I think you, I mean you both are awful people," and we were like, "That's a huge compliment." <laughs> like, wow.
0: You're like correct,
2: correct, and Annabelle and I just uh, clicked. But yeah, I I remember much less than what she does so i didn't remember a lot of it she told me a lot she tells me a lot of
0: what it was i mean the only way i can explain the two of you and your energy it's like the bad cousins that my mom wouldn't let me hang out with until i was old enough to make my own decisions and then you hang out with those cousins and you're like they're fun as fuck but i also understand why my mom was a little cautious
2: and it's so funny too because for so when i knew Annabelle, then she actually never drank she would always tell me like and oh, no, i don't drink because i that things." and i'm like oh god and so she okay so she was like she's like goody two-shoe but like i feel like in this in this like gossipy kind of like the, her energy is actually delinquent even though she's not whereas i'm more just like a delinquent so i think the two of us combined is a very specific duo and yeah i think that like yeah, it's it's a it's really interesting looking back now that she had no idea what was going on. And I don't know why I didn't just tell her because sometimes I would just tell people. Like sometimes it would just be a random girl on set, and I'm like, "Yo, you need to be my lookout. I'm gonna go smoke heroin on this on this like abandoned stage." For whatever reason with her, I just kept it hidden, so she had no idea, but it all makes a lot of sense, and but so our dynamic was interesting. Like she would be like, I'm like, I just, like, really have to, I have to leave, like, I have to, I have to go home, or, like I have to go to work, and it would literally be two in the morning because we'd be on set, and she would be like, like, where do you, where do you work? And like, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, <laughs> it's, it like, really late hours, and I was like, I have to go to work! But, like, I, I just, we didn't, I wasn't honest, I
0: don't know why. So if you guys don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Annabelle from Adderall and Compliment. She's insane, she's so funny.
2: Welcome to Adderall and Compliment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite show to be a extra on?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, that is a good question. Trying think, it wasn't always shows. Sometimes we did movies. Like, oh god, her and I both did Neighbors. Fucking fuck, that was the worst. Okay, this was actually before Zach Efron got sober, and he was a disaster we filmed it all through the night because it has like they're filming night scenes so then you actually start filming when it gets dark and you film till like 6 a.m and we were in this like shitty fucking part of los angeles that they end up using as like the frat row and we were like camped out in the fucking freezing cold in the back and he like kept just like being a disaster and i think in the scene too he was like shirtless was act drunk but he was just like a maniac and um what's his name dave franco kind of was like it was a disaster so anyways that was i'm sorry that was a bad experience uh good one i used to work on the show called perception a lot that was very easy because i would kind of like dip off oh my god happy endings i love working on happy endings and i used to do a stand-in on that too like whatever that gay guy was that would come in he was all ridiculous and he'd be like hell like i used to always stand in for him um yeah yeah I, I, or like th- th- it was always the random ones like sometimes it's like random concert performances like that Carrie underwood or um Something like that. When they're, like, strict network shows, they're more strict with you. Like, period.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And, I mean, Glee cast, they just, they knew you were bad vibes, so they kept you away.
2: They knew. I was like, guys, th- I mean, the show is so you 2 shoes I was like, guys, this is too much for me. <laughs> or working on pilots was kind of, sometimes it was messy, but pilots were fun because nobody knew what was going on. So, like, sometimes we'd work on pilots at the Universal lot, but then what we would do is we would just go up to CityWalk and, like, Get drunk on sake bombs, but like nobody knows where you were.
0: So they just needed extras, and they're like, "Whatever, he's wasted. Come back."
2: Yeah, but like I feel like I've always carried that to my life. Like when I was seventeen or yeah, seventeen, I was lifeguarding, but like I didn't, I wouldn't, I wasn't there. Like I was lifeguarding (laughs) there. The they would show up in the warrior of like I'm across the street or like. I'm not kidding you, I would be across the street, because, like, I'd always make friends with the people at the life bar, at the pool, and we would go across, we would be snorting clonopin off her t- coffee table, or I'd be taking gravity bomb hits with another one of the members, and then my supervisor would come, and she'd be like, where are you? And I'd be like, what do you mean, at the pool? And then she'd be like, no, you're not. So I've carried that um, uh, work ethic with a
0: few kicks. As long as you're confident about it, right? You
2: clock in, you just don't have to show up.
0: Now, one thing I love about you is you love emo music. What are some, I would say, what are your, like, top three go-to emo songs? I know it's tough. I know it's a tough one. But I think I know what a song that'll be in your top three. Okay,
2: I was going to just tell you, wait, based on which ones I post, which ones would you guess?
0: I think Be My Escape, for sure. I hear you. That first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, like, a, what's that band? Something Strong. Um, I don't know. I'm probably wrong. I think Taking Back Sunday, Cute Without the E might be up there.
2: That one actually if I were to, if I was gonna do top three and I had to get taking back Sunday one, it would be your soul last summer.
0: Okay. I don't know taking what back, your third one would be.
2: Taking back Sunday would be your soul last summer, make damn sure cute without the E. So those those three would be up there. Jack's mannequin, the mixtape, dark blue would be up there. Um be my escape for line K Who I Am Who I've been. I love Armor for Sleep and I feel like that's one that they uh, not as many people. Yeah. And so it'd be like being your wall's dream to make believe um, Also, like, and I feel like this is what you appreciate too. Is that sometimes it's almost overlooked as like corny, but I still love a good like good Charlotte Bob. That's
0: yeah, so yeah. Same with like Dashboard Confessional. The other day, I was having a bad day, and I just played like Saints and Sailors. I played a bunch of their old stuff, and I was like, now I feel better.
2: Do you like um, Hands Down?
0: Yes, of course. That was I was in fifth grade, and I remember they did an Unplug for MTV. And I heard that, and it was the first like not not Green Day, not pop, but it was just so different. And the second I heard that, I was like, I like this. Whatever this music is, I'm into it.
2: I think that's why I like Jack's Mannequin, too, because there was the other stuff that was a little bit more like not screamoey, but like a little more hardcore. And Jack's Mannequin had this like kind of light, flowy, adorable like California like. I, I, don't, I don't. I can't believe it. I just tried to sing it. <laughs> Like,
0: I, I you were an extra little- on Glee. You weren't in the cast, okay?
2: Oh, God. <laughs> Um, I like those. Wait, what are your top three?
0: Um, I would probably say "Remembering Sunday" by All Time Low. Unfamiliar. It's sad but beautiful. Really All sad. hail the heartbreaker by Spill Canvas. Okay. And then probably, probably cute without the E. Taken Back you, Sunday.
2: That was probably the most fun in their concert. Mm-hmm way like the the, the emphasis on, on words and that's not like it was very fun
0: but then like i said all like old school dashboard anything by them i will jam out to well
2: and then i feel like a lot of those were used in laguna
0: and one tree hill
2: one tree hill that's right i never watched one tree hill so you're that's one thing you're big in the cw stuff i never really no gossip girl nothing
0: i'm shocked you didn't watch gossip girl
2: okay well i always explain this too i can't watch anything with blake because you know
0: I actually don't know the Blake story, I don't think. Can you enlighten us all? Or is that like a your podcast-only type thing? no, oh, no,
2: no, no. Even on my podcast, I don't touch on it enough. Um, I used to um, date somebody in Blake's family. I'll just say that. Um, and so it was whatever. And so, and then I had actually ended up working with her. and I used to stay at their house in New York. It was like a whole situation, the whole preserve era. When she had that company, it was a very interesting and later dark time. Um... But, so, basically, it's like, would you want to see like like would you want to see your ex- boyfriend's sister like like all the time, like would you be able to watch her? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch her,
0: yeah, especially if you know her personally.
2: Well, that, I, that's actually one thing, too. I always say, once I know anybody personally, whether it's, like, reality or scripted, I really don't like watching them. It's, I'm watching them, not a character. So there's that, but also, like, she reminds me so much of him. They look alike, they talk alike. Like, I can't watch her. So anything with her. no, And, like, it sucks because everyone says Gossip Girl's great, but I can never watch it.
0: Can I ask if she's nice? Yeah, she's nice. Well, that's good. That, yeah, yeah, she's nice. That was such a diplomatic answer. Yeah, she's fine.
2: Yeah, she is, she is. She, um, she's nice. She's, a. Uh, she's very, like, <sighs> How do I describe this? I'm trying to tread lightly because, well, for many reasons, but also because, all right, so I say this, and I know you're, here's the thing, I know you're a Swifty. I'm somebody that, like, very much so loves Taylor Swift music. I don't necessarily connect with her as a person. I think she's that very basic, like, blah, 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 whatever, and also kind of goody two shoes. And, like, to me, Blake is also very goody two shoes. Like, she's somebody that's like, I've never tried alcohol because, like, I just don't want to feel out of control. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. So I don't know and she was like I don't know sometimes we should be cool though. sometimes we'd be doing like styling stuff we'd be putting stuff together she wouldn't usually come to the shoes we would just like kind of put stuff together at our house first and then do it so while we were getting stuff together she would like throw on Lana Del Rey you know I love Lana so I'm like alright like and I'll never forget this too like here's the thing their family's actually funny like a lot of their family but they like yeah so I remember one time we were talking about like getting stuff into the office and she was like okay and then and like she signed off with like let's pimp our offices ride and I was like you know, Blake, I love that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So there's, she can be, yeah.
0: She has a personality.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want to do research in the live, please, There's a lot to that family. I don't think people realize what they are in Hollywood. Robin with Teen Witch, and that their dad, Ernie, was also her her dad and the sisters' movies, and that he's a manager, and that he used to manage Britney Murphy, and yada yada yada. And Like, like, I don't think people realize that their older brother, Jason, was in National Lampoon and like they're there. It's a specific family.
0: Well, now after this, I'm going to have to do some research and I'm very excited.
2: I'm like, yeah, have fun.
0: (laughs) One thing I love about you so much, not only obviously that you speak your mind, you're extremely handsome, great personality, um, but you love (laughs) the early 2000s as much as I do. What are some of your, like, top early 2000s pop culture moments? And I know that's really broad because there are just so many, and I know that's, like, a lot of years to go through.
2: No, no, no. It's broad but poignant. Um, okay, moments. Okay, actually an underrated one. Kimberly Stewart driving the motorcycle off crashing out on the red carpet.
0: in Paris looking at her just like, I'm annoyed. Why are you doing this? Like, you totally fucked the whole shot Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like people
2: forget it because sometimes I'll post that and people are like, What is that from? Who is that? And I'm like, Get off the page. Get off my page.
0: And wasn't it for like a Maxim like party or something too? It was like Playboy or Maxim or something.
2: 100. You know, I actually always say justice for Kimberly Stewart. Um,
0: Talon's ex fiance.
2: Talon's ex fiance. I think of that too. She was, um, I have seen her out and about a few times. Um, And I've always wanted to just be like, I wanted more for you um but i know i never did but yeah i do i really do i really root for her um so that moment um the tmz Brenda davis paris hilton fire crotch moment is top tier um lindsey a lot of them are with Lindsay. Lindsay doing high kicks in the middle of the street smoking cigarette with a cast on you've seen that right yes yes yep. that one's incredible and then obviously Lindsay again paris hit me um, blah, 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 and then a few minutes later, and then Paris is the con, and then a few minutes later, I never said that.
0: <laughs> and they're like, we have it on tape.
2: Literally. Um, yeah, stuff like that.
0: So that's actually perfect, because I put up something about how I didn't like Hillary Duff and how I think Lindsay Lohan, if her parents weren't so crazy, she would have had a better chance. And someone slid into my DMs and started kind of fighting with me, saying you can't only blame parents and I was like well you have to look at the nature that she was growing up in as well early 2000s paparazzi's were a lot different than now so what do you think about Lindsay do you think it's kind of like nature versus nurture or just kind of like a combination of both and I think you are the per- perfect person to talk about this with
2: okay I actually think the two of us are the perfect people to talk about this because I've seen you post post that and I've like kind of pondered it and it's interesting because I'm in the situation where I'm the addict. Can I say this? That you're in the situation where you...
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That you're the child of... Is it both of them or one of them? Just one. Just one. You're like, one's enough.
0: <laughs> um, Basically two, but just one.
2: Yeah, I mean, my family, you've gotten a glimpse. They're all... I I really can't with them. <laughs> I, people like, your family's so crazy. I wish they could be on TV. like, everything that my family does is illegal. You could never show anything. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so... <sighs> I go back, i think addiction is a, is a disease and i think that it transpires differently for different people um i think there's different levels of of um uh what's the word um maintenance and different levels of severity and whatnot and sometimes comes later in life whatever so so i kind of use this example too with heroin people are like oh well I had like my dad was like well had you never done heroin it's like no dad i i am an addict like Had I not tried heroin at 17, like things probably wouldn't have happened so quickly and like, you know, whatever, whatever. But at some point later in my life, I would have reached a bottom either through finding heroin later or something different, whatever. And so I think that no matter what, Lindsay has that, that, that ism. I think that a, she has a lot of damage growing up with, with the chaos, so that made her want to cover it up by using, and then so start, she starts using and then she's an addict, so then she can't stop. And then I think it was propelled, she was propelled into it quickly because of her situation. And so there's so many combining factors, but like, yeah, you see some people, like, they're fine, and then all of a sudden, like, later in life, in their 50s, they, you realize, like, oh, I'm an alcoholic, and they get sober. And so, to me, it's like, if you really truly have that ism, it's always there. Different things can activate it, and 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 if you have a lot more trauma, which Lindsay did, she's obviously looking to cover it a lot. And so imagine – so she's there with all that trauma and then all this access to all this stuff, all this money, the ability – which, you know – and there's nothing more dangerous to an addict than an enabler and mm-hmm. there's in a celebrity's life than an enabler. So it's really quite deadly and that's what I think about it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I mean obviously – You have kind of gone through that in a way. And I just wonder because, you know, there's me who did have a pretty tough upbringing because of my mom, but I also do have isms. I know I do. I've had to check myself plenty.
2: But so I was just going to say to you, though, because I was going to say you grew up with that, but then I was going to say you're okay. You're not an alcoholic. My family just happens to be crazy partiers so sometimes it's tough to be like wait are they an alcoholics or when are they crossing that boundary whatever whereas like with heroin it's like well if you're doing heroin every day it's very clear like there's something wrong yeah uh, it's i so here's the thing too It's interesting about Lindsay. i think she thinks that way too like to be honest with you now she's definitely not sober mm-hmm. what confuses me i've used this thing, when i was in rehab i'd always use actually nicole ritchie as an example i would be like well nicole ritchie used to do heroin but like she still drinks and stuff like that and it's fine like she's not completely sober so maybe she was just going through something and she's not an addict and i think that Lindsay also kind of now thinks without she's very she never talks about it but i think she's kind of like oh well like i was just going through something i was young and blah blah, blah um but without saying like i'm not sober because i think she still likes to kind of pretend that but yeah she's not
0: mm-hmm.
2: so it's like she's not she's in dubai she's not sober
0: nobody in dubai is sober
2: nobody and she's for sure not but it's like but then it confuses me i'm like well part of me is like well she's doing someone okay but also there's a part of me that thinks like she's actually the reason why she's still in dubai and her career hasn't like come back is because she hasn't like gotten fully sober and like worked things out like i'm part of me is like oh she embraced sobriety and like really did it she would it's so this this is something that i think about almost every day in my life and other people's it's a constant like yeah it's weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, you live with it, so I got it.
2: Well, and then I think the same thing with like the Olsen twins. So it's like I know that Mary Kate used to be addicted to oxy's and blah blah blah. And actually, somebody like told me something recently about like heroin, but you didn't hear that here. Or I mean, you did, I guess, because I just said it. But um, but like she drinks, so you're like, okay, wait a minute. And then I know people that like it's so it's so confusing. It's confusing.
0: So going back to Mary Kate, I often think about how she was one of the last people who saw Heath Ledger alive. How often do you, is was she the last?
2: She was the last person saw him alive. And then what happened was Heath died. the did not know if he was dead or not, whatever. But she called Mary Kate first before anybody. And what Mary Kate then did before calling the cops was called her bodyguards, sent them over, which what I can only assume is to remove her oxies from the scene and then the cops came and then when they asked mary kate to participate in the trial and testify she said okay but only if she was granted immunity and they wouldn't grant her that so she wouldn't testify and now it's like if you wanted to be granted immunity that means you did something wrong and she, they would have blamed her and said okay you provided the oxies, which you can get i forget what type of charge i think you actually can get a murder three charge for that and so yeah it's actually wild
0: that's all allegedly, by the way. It's it's allegedly.
2: Hold on one second. I'm actually going to take a phone call live on air because it's fine. Justin, I'm doing a podcast right now, but yes, we're going to come probably in like 30 minutes or so, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Bye.
0: <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Don't worry.
2: No, we don't have to wrap it up. No, he's, uh, he's an idiot. He just He's the same person like even if it was in two hours, it's fine. But he's like, I need to know. I'm a planner. Um, this is my twin. He's a structured person. I'm, you know, a little <laughs> laissez-faire.
0: This is a very random question, but I don't know your take on it. Do you like Harry Styles? Wow,
2: well, I've never been asked that question. <laughs> um, I'm
0: hit, I'm asking the hard-hitting questions. After we talk about, like, alcoholism and addiction in our families, I'm like, what about Harry Styles, though? How do you feel about him?
2: I'm um, like, the juxtaposition of, like, Mary Kate and, like, the bodyguard <laughs> and Oxycontin with Harry Styles it wasn't what I was expecting on Wednesday.
0: You're welcome.
2: But, um... I feel nothing towards him. I don't really have, like, a... I'm not, I'm not like, super into his music. I'm not super into him. There's some artists that are, like, I'm into them and their music. There's some that's just one or the other. I'm not really into either of them. Um, like I said, with Taylor Swift, like, love her music, not into her. Lana, love her, love her music. It's, there's... Yeah, him, it's neither.
0: I was just curious. I feel like people either really like him and, like, love him or feel the way you feel.
2: You know who I love?
0: Who? Nile Boy. Niall. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, my God, Niall. He's such a sweet... I love, like, a baby cute look, and he's such a sweet babushka.
0: And I love his music.
2: I, that's the thing, too. Like, I actually always play... One of my like top three songs on my iTunes is, like, This Town.
0: Yeah, he's a... we Justice for Niall.
2: Justice for Niall and his last... The, both of his albums are so good, I put, like, they're constantly in rotation, and he is actually one of the sweetest, sweetest people.
0: Have you met him?
2: I've... So this is weird. I've been on, like, a Zoom with him, and I'm not going to explain why, that was one way and then also just um somebody that I was I feel like I sound like a whore I'm mean, like somebody I was dating I'm dating like three people but all oh, this somebody I was dating uh used to produce them all the time very sweet
0: you have hung out with a lot of celebrities who has been like your favorite person to just hang out with other than obviously Blake Lively
2: uh, um I don't part of me is just like I don't like I don't remember a lot of stuff uh let me think let me think that's a good question because i've never i haven't thought about it let me think just chill with i don't think i have an answer i don't know
0: that's acceptable
2: sorry i feel like i'm letting you down
0: that's fine jeff
2: yeah um no no sorry somebody's no
0: (laughs) (laughs) he just straight up looked at me and he goes no
2: I don't, I, 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 um,
0: I get it. I get it. You don't need to tell me. Maybe you do off air. (laughs) All right. So while we kind of start wrapping things up, what is your favorite Lana Del Rey song?
2: Oh, good question. i good question. I don't know the answer. No, I actually shuffle between three of them all the time. It's between Blue Jeans, Born to Die, and Radio, which are all from The Born Tie album, which celebrates nine years today, which is so
0: exciting. I just kind of started getting into her. I can't lie. I know, I know. I'm always late to the game. Like, I just started really, like, listening to Beyonce. Like, during quarantine, I listened to Lemonade, and I was like, this album is good. And I was, everyone's been trying to tell me for years, but I'm like, yeah, it's a good album. I know.
2: I've never, a confession, I've never listened to Lemonade, because I'm not really a Beyonce fan. She doesn't have that, like there's not emotion like to me there's again somebody okay so actually good correlation she's friends with Blake they're good friends actually and she's somebody that, like doesn't drink and to me it's like and this is gonna sound bad not that you have to drink or party but like I like people that have lived and like are in the nitty-gritty and blah, blah blah and to me it just doesn't get that whereas Rihanna's like this bad bitch she's like I'm popping a beep-bop. like whatever whatever you know she's doing key bumps in the recording studio so it's like yeah
0: You know, I feel that way about Ariana Grande. And a lot of people don't like that. I feel like when she sings, there's nothing really behind it. Like, I will not deny her talent. I think she's an incredible singer. But when she sings, she could sing any song over any beat. And to me, I'm like, it doesn't sound like you feel anything.
2: So ironic you say this. I always, always used to say this. Um, When I was actually, when I was watching The Voice, or no, yeah, I would always reference this, is that. And she, her singing is so technical, so technical to the point where it's actually like, oh my God, like it's perfection. She can hit these notes. Like it, she has one of the most amazing voices. If anybody has never saw her on SNL where she does impersonations.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
2: um, Oh my, it's actually insane, but it's so technical. There's no emotion. Whereas like another person with a great voice, Christina Aguilera, she's like belting. You're like, yo and then there's people that don't even have great voices but there is just a lot of emotion behind it so it's like wait where's the original question
0: no i mean i don't even remember now
2: what oh, lana del rey song and then you're talking about beyonce yeah and I like beyonce as like her music and then so here's the thing too and this is why this is going to sound i don't know how this, to make this not sound conceited but i think like a lot of reasons why they kind of like set lana del rey songs to these like moody instagram stories it's want to be like listen like this is what this is the vibe that she's trying to get like watch this and, and like get into it and i'm telling you you need to drive in the middle of the night guys in the middle of the night 2 a.m when you wake up to pee be like no i'm gonna get in my car drive and just blast her music if you want to cry cry whatever
0: well I don't... you don't sleep how do you know that because <laughs> you're like liking tweets at 6 a.m for me
2: i um i have a busy mind I do, I, I very much struggle with sleep. To me, people that, that don't struggle with sleep, I think, like, you don't have anxiety. If you don't have anxiety, then, and whatever. Like, I feel like, yeah, maybe you haven't lived, I don't know. I've, I've never been a sleeper ever, ever since I was a kid.
0: That's okay. I don't judge you for that. I wake up I, every night at, like, wait. 3 a.m. Oh, now.
2: You don't sleep that well either, do you?
0: No, not anymore. I used to. Like, when I was younger, I could sleep nine hours straight. Now I'm, like, up all the time.
2: No, I was never a sleeper.
0: I also, like, talk in my sleep. I cry in my sleep. I will, like, sit up straight and be like, like, I don't do well. Like, when I have somebody, like, sleeping with me, I have to be like, I might yell. I might, like, (laughs) I might be really aggressive, but just know I'm asleep.
2: This is going to sound dark, but I... So I, ever since I was a kid, like, I actually love sleep. I wish there was somebody that could sleep all the time. Like, to me, sleep is so delicious. I would sleep 24 hours if I could, whatever. Um, But almost, like... Since I was a, vi- like a baby, I have nightmares almost every single night. Like, I don't dream. I have nightmares. Um, so when I was a kid, like, my, I always, it was a big issue. Like, uh, my older sister was 13 years older. I usually have to go with her. It was like this reoccurring thing. They took me to a therapist, whatever. And so even now, I almost always have nightmares. And so when I start dating people, they would always wake me up and be like, you're scaring me. Because I would start screaming. And, like, sometimes I would start crying. And like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. oh, my God. And so I, my sleeping is strange.
0: Yeah. I get that. I am so excited that you're the person I'm going to talk about this with. Framing Britney Spears. Have you seen that coming out at all? Wait, framing? It's going to be a television show all about how fucked up her conservatorship is.
2: Wait, scripted?
0: No. I think it's going to be on FX. Oh, I did see. I didn't know it was
2: called framing. That sounds like a framing for a Sounds of OG Simpson-ish. I don't know why you like...
0: <sighs> it does. Poor Britney.
2: Okay. Poor Britney. I also know anybody here that's ever worked with her has been like, she's the sweetest, sweetest person in the entire world. Here's what I'll, I'll say this. Anybody I ever talked to in LA is always like, their Kardashians are the best to work with. They're so professional, socially whatever. That Niall Horn, socially whatever. And like, Britney is... The absolute sweetest, but so lost. That's so, so, so sad. Like, my um, friend, used to, she used to go into his hair salon. Of course, that's the biggest question. Everyone's like, what's going on with her hair? You do it. She's so distracted. Halfway through, she's like, you have to stop doing it, whatever. They always used to have candy waiting for her when she walked in, but have to remove everything else. Like, it's, her, she, Her. she's very, it's very sad. I feel very, she makes me, it makes me very sad. I could cry.
0: That I'm is, like that. that is really sad. Were you a big Britney fan growing up? Of course, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm still a big Britney fan.
0: Can we talk about how Justin Timberlake's trash, though?
2: Trash. thank you. I You always say this, too, and I'm always like, yes, he's actually awful.
0: I've heard he's, like, allegedly spit on, like, waitresses and stuff.
2: What's so funny, you asked about the celebrity thing. Uh, th- actually, this is good for your podcast because of um, who he is. The first, first celebrity I saw was Ryan Cabrera when he was dating Audrina. Okay. At that time, I was like, oh, my God. But the second celebrity I saw, I just moved to L.A., and, um... I went to Pinkberry yogurt like at at night, and Justin Timberlake was in front of me in line, and he was like so stoned too. Um, It was definitely weird, but he was like very standoffish and like he was just like ugh.
0: Bad vibes.
2: I just uh, he's just yeah he's 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 a dick. And remember all that stuff where he was like with his co-star whatever a year or two ago? Mm -hmm. Like we all that all brushed over that.
0: No, for sure. He cheats on his wife all the time, allegedly. Who told you that? (laughs) just some people the streets the streets told me
2: Streets told me that too
0: um who was your favorite person on laguna
2: should we go gender specific first like yeah we
0: can do gender specific
2: but i think we have a favorite guy i think ours is the same trey
0: yes but i i like talon a lot more now i will say rewatching, i'm like talon there's something and probably just because like when I did the live with him, I felt myself blushing because I had the biggest crush on him. And I was like, be cool, be cool.
2: Well, it's funny because I look at his life now with his wife and now I'm like, wait a minute, he's so like down to earth and sweet and whatever. And like, because they live in like, what, Montana or something weird?
0: Uh, yeah, Nebraska.
2: Okay. Even, I mean, <laughs> even more. Um, so yeah, I'm like, wow, what a babushka. Trey, I think was just something so adorable about him. Like back then he looked adorable and whatever. Steven was too like, Steven's a fuck boy and he kind of is whiny and like yada yada of course I think he's so happy. yes yeah, so I would say it was Trey but looking back and especially you know more prominently in se- in season two it would have been talent as well
0: mm-hmm. and what about for girls um low me too look at us
2: yeah, we're, we align we align that's Lo why I... funny
0: she's so funny she is and everyone's like she's a bitch I'm like but that's what makes her funny like Summer Roberts was a bitch too but you loved her
2: That Anna, a lot of it's sarcasm. It's kind of like, it's, and she's a bitch, but like a sweet girl and a good friend type of situation. Like she's a bitch because people suck.
0: Right. If someone was mean to my best friend, I'd be mean to them too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now, as we really wrap this up, what about the Hills? Guy and girl.
2: I I like, I love trivia, actually. Like I love trivia. Oh,
0: I'm about to throw you a whole bunch then.
2: Yeah. Like love, I love categories. I love either ors. It's so fun for me. Okay. So wait, what was the question? Oh, the Hills. The Hills, yeah. Uh, oy vey. I'm scared also because I'm afraid that I'm, uh, you're not going to like my answer.
0: I mean, I don't care for the Hills cast in general for the most part, so...
2: <laughs> I think of yeah, two. Like, I think all of them kind of, yeah. So it's like, all right. I, it, it almost doesn't count because she came in later because I would have said Kristen. Mm-hmm. But then if you take her out of it, I think earlier seasons... Heidi's so annoying, but I also thought she was fun. And I really like Heidi now. I like Heidi and Spencer now. So I think, okay, Laura's too safe. I thought Whitney was very sweet. I think Audrina's ceiling eyes is like what she's doing. I, I my answers were scattered, so I don't know what I don't know what I just said. I just blacked out.
0: You said maybe Kristen, and then you said Heidi. I think
2: kind of. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. No I, one on the show had personality other than Spencer Pratt, and I don't like Spencer Pratt, so that's saying a lot.
2: I know Spencer. Something about Spencer in the last few years, and he had that glow up and stuff, and like Sonya Bala was kind of adorable.
0: You like? You think he's adorable?
2: Used to be like, oh my god, he's a monster, something. In the last few years, and whatever, something about him is adorable.
0: It's because he knows how to spin things. That's what he does.
2: He yeah, absolutely does.
0: Um,
2: fuck, I, yeah, I, I think I, I dislike most of them.
0: Rewatching it, I've realized like how bland everybody is.
2: Very like it would never would have done well in this day and age. I think that like it's not that I dislike them, but it's not. It's not like anybody. You're like I love them. That's what it is.
0: Right. Right, for sure. Okay, would you rather be on Real World or Big Brother? I know Real yeah. World's not on anymore, but
2: Real quick, what who was yours?
0: On the Hills. Um, for girls, I had I mean Low ended up on it, but if I take her out I guess I I did think Whitney was pretty funny because there were some moments where she was just a hundred percent over it.
2: I was kinda gonna say Whitney too. What's what's unfortunate is that I think my uh what what Whitney's become nowadays makes me like her less, but back then I was like, I kind of like this bitch.
0: Yeah, yeah, she... I never watched The City because I was like, oh, she can't hold her own show, but she was a great sidekick. Or Kelly yeah. Catron. Can I put Kelly Catrone as one of, like, my favorite?
2: But, oh, speaking of celebrity stuff, I think I've told you the story. I, I've DM'd it to you, at least, about Kelly Katron coming up to me.
0: Did she give you a hug? Yes!
2: I think I told you. Yeah, I was at Sunset Marquee. And I'm sitting there eating brunch, and... Kelly Catron comes running up to me and gives me this huge hug and then just stops, looks at me and goes, oh my God, wrong person. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 it's totally fine. Like, yeah, I,
0: I've heard she's very genuine and very nice.
2: I mean, it's so, funny. so that was in LA and I actually like physically ran into her once in Soho when I was working for Blake for Preserve. We were in Soho. I was walking out. I realized this, that our, we worked like, Literally a block from her, and so I was walking down as I was passing by, she was coming out of the door, and she's like, Oh, I was like, Oh, and she was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry! Like, so nice.
0: I love that, and she just played up that villain role so well. I bet you she's hard to work for, like, I 100% believe that.
2: I also, it's almost like not just the villain thing, it's also like. Something about, I think I can be like this too. Sometimes, like I, I feel like I'm a very sweet person, very polite, and things like that. But I'm also just like harsh and and, and kind of blunt, and like I, like that's kind of what she is too.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you have to be like that, especially in her industry. Yeah, you're just like that because you're an asshole. No, I'm just kidding.
2: No, it's because like that's what my family is. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that was that was that was that. Okay, so then Big Brother or Real World? Yeah. Oh, I would have much rather have been on the real world, but I—I have to tell you this too. I feel like all these things, keep these stories that I was asked—I was supposed to be on Big Brother in, in the 2019 summer one. Oh. Yeah, but then they found out that um the guy I was dating this—I'm swear to God—I sound like a fucking whorebag. I once again saying the guy I date—I've literally dated three people. This is so crazy. Um, the the guy I was dating—he um, was the art director for the sets. He designed the sets, and you cannot have any affiliation with CBS. At all. I was like, oh, damn. I was like, whatever. And it was, yeah. But yeah. But I looked back, looking back, I was actually really glad cause I was like, I don't think I would like it. Like, One thing sounds fun. S- Big Brother sounds like, Nch. And I think I would have just like ended up relapsing and drinking 100%.
0: Yeah, probably. There's nothing else to do. They don't let you have TV or anything.
2: No, I mean, I pretty carefully thought about it. And I was like, like, even before I knew I wasn't going to do it, and I was like, I feel like I was just like going to maybe end up drinking.
0: Well, I'm glad that you didn't do it then. Who's your favorite person from Jersey Shore? Dina. Me too. No, hey, I I've never heard anybody say Dina. My face was just like. You did. You said, oh my god, because she's so
2: sweet and funny. I like sweet people.
0: Yeah, I loved her and Snooki together, but like something about Dina was just a little bit more. Like I don't can't explain it.
2: I always go back to that um, amazing car. I where She's like. <laughs>
0: And then she just smiles because she knows she's like, I know I'm fucked up. I'm sorry.
2: It's the best. Yeah. And, and I always go back to, it was like when she just came on, I would never forget. Actually, I was like, the Gym, like right there on the treadmill. And all of a sudden she came on and she's like, I freaking love gay people the way she said it. And I almost fell off the treadmill here. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I love Dina. She's so funny. I, I used to. That was kind of the time I watched, because, yeah, it was like 2012, so I guess maybe season three or something, and I would always be at that gym on the treadmill, and I would always watch Jersey Shore, and I would crack up, and people were like, what the fuck are you laughing at? And I was always at Dina.
0: Dina was hysterical. Her and Snooki together were funny, but Dina could hold her own. If you could party with any early 2000s person, and this is during your, like, party days, not now, like your true party days, who would it be?
2: Lindsay Lohan, and I've genuinely thought about this question. I was like, if the opportunity were presented now where I could, like, do coke with Lindsay, like, would I break sobriety? And, like, honestly, I don't even want to say my answer. Um, But, yeah, yeah, her for sure.
0: Okay. I'd say Nicole Richie. She seems fun.
2: Actually, so I've thought about, okay, here's the thing, too. I actually think I would have more fun with Nicole and genuinely like her more. Like, I actually feel like I wouldn't want to be friends with Lindsay. One of my old good, good friends was very good friends with Lindsay because she was dating her roommate Um, and Lindsay's a monster like I I wouldn't want to be friends with her and I can sense type whatever but there's just something about her like I would love to just do drugs with her but as far as people that I actually like and have fun with Nicole I think she's one of the funniest people in the world
0: I for sure think Lindsay Lohan would just stress me out and I wouldn't have fun
2: she's awful she used to steal all of my friends clothes (laughs) all the time she had to put a lock on her door she was dating her friend's boyfriend she'd come in Lindsay was rich and she'd come in she'd steal our clothes she was a fucking nightmare
0: well, thank you for all of your gossip, or your Blake Lively gossip. I will hold on to that forever. Um, where can everybody find you? I know I said it earlier, but plug away. You are one of my favorite people. You have always been there for advice. Like I said, you gave me the name for the new podcast. You've helped me rebrand. I think I think I was like going through it when I was trying to figure out what to do, and you're like, just fucking do it. <laughs>
2: I randomly commented on that tweet, but I think it was one of those days where I was up really early and I just commented and I was like, oh, um, you can find me in court being sued for the NDA that I violated about talking about Blake Lively, uh, <laughs> I hope it expired. Um, I'm sure it did. Um, no, I, I actually just always hope like that they never, ever hear anything I ever say about it. I mean, more hopefully,
0: so- she, I mean, it would be cool if she listened to the podcast, but I think you're good.
2: I think so. I'm good too. It's always just more for, for personal reasons. Um. Because she already doesn't like me, so I don't. It's not good. But okay. So, oh god, I spiral for a second. I spiral for a second. Um, wait, what was the question? Oh, where can you find me? <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, I was having a moment. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at it's Jeff Epstein, on Twitter at it's Jeff Epstein, and then my podcast is Manic with Jeff Epstein on every platform you can think of him in the world.
0: Guys, I am so excited for this guest. He was my first Instagram fran- friend. Jesus, I need to redo that. <laughs> I don't like Fran. I think you should leave.